Hey everybody, just wanted to give a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. Uh, we talk about human trafficking and the consequences of human trafficking and the purposes of human trafficking in this episode. So if this is a particular concern for you, or if you have little ears listening along, then just wanted to give you um, heads up um, and please go and get a hug from somebody, speak to somebody you love if this is triggering for you. Um, We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering. Today it is just Kirsty here with you because I have my beautiful friend Michelle from Eden Ministries here with us as well. And she is going to give us an update on the partnership that we have with Eden and everything that's going down um, with Eden. So welcome, Michelle. Good morning, Kirst. How are you going? I'm good. Amy says hello. She's just got COVID, so, you know. Sending my love that way. Yeah. So tough, so tough. So much of it around at the moment, hey, again? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me again. We love hearing about your organisation, so give us an update. The floor is yours, my friend. Thanks, Kirst. Thanks again so much for not only having me here now with you guys but just your ongoing support it means so much and it makes such an incredible difference um not only the support in the beautiful emails that you guys send um, of encouragement but also obviously the donations that you um pop into the eden uh, bank account every month without fail um it makes such a direct and huge difference so um we love you guys and really appreciate you and all your um, team and the people that are um, a part of the art of decluttering. Um, it's been a huge couple of years, cursed as you know, and um, we have caught up a few times. We've caught up, um, we've caught up with you guys um, since COVID. We've caught up with you since the coup, um, the first of February, twenty twenty one coup that took place in Myanmar, which is where we do. Um, most of our work that's our I guess if you were if you were talking in a in in the corporate world you would say our head office um, <laughs> so it doesn't look anything like a head office from that perspective but that's where our hub is that's where our global founder and CEO um, is based and where we run most of our rescue work um, it is Myanmar is a nation that my heart just breaks for so much right now um, as if it wasn't already a nation on its knees um, through decades of conflict, um, hurt, corruption, um, poverty, um, then to face COVID, then to face not only COVID but the Delta wave of COVID, which just brought such grief and um, sadness um, to the nation to then face the coup um, which I know I caught up with you guys about, but still has such devastating impact on uh, the level of desperation and the level of vulnerability and um, the things that come with those uh, is just are so devastating for this nation. And and obviously, given that we work in the human trafficking human trafficking space, um, situations like poverty and vulnerability um, only severely exacerbate this issue as people fall further into poverty, desperation and vulnerability. Devastatingly, we see an increase in crimes such as human trafficking and exploitation. Um, And so that's sadly exactly what our team on the ground there are facing right now. 
and um, I'm not sure if I shared this um, this piece of data with you when we caught up last time, but you know, last year as COVID and the coup really uh, the impact started to flow, and the economic um, devastation that those two things are bringing to a nation that was already certainly not in a good space in that respect, um, we saw a 200% increase in the women and girls that our teams were encountering in the red light districts and the vulnerable communities that we went when we went out into outreach, a 200% increase. And, you know, I shared with you last time the story um, and it was just reflective, it just re revealed the age as well. It revealed that these are children that are being sent out into the streets and they're either being trafficked in the sense that they are tricked, uh, stolen, deceived, sold, or, um, or they're also being sent out by their families, families that have no ability to generate an income, um, mm. nothing. And their last resort is to send out, you know, and to pick up on that story that I shared last time, that young girl that was still wearing her pink nighty with the Dumbo elephant print on it when she was standing in the streets. So that's the reality, 200% increase, young, young and old, it, it just devastation. And, and with that, Kirst, what I, I love to share with you um, today, one of the big changes that we've pivots, I don't know what the right word is, change, <laughs> pivot, expansion, let's use it, expansion is good actually, um, because whilst we continue to run our safe shelter model, which you guys are so supportive of and help us um, finance through your generous regular donations. So we, we have the model, which is we go out into the streets and we um, meet the women and girls and we build trust and friendship over time and then we invite them into uh, build an exit strategy and invite them into that safe shelter model. That's still um, absolutely an option. Um, but what we have found in this time of such a huge increase, like an explosion in this horrendous crime of human trafficking in this nation that we're working in, um, we've started setting up and just this year we've already um, opened three. We're right now in the process. We moved into a, the fourth drop-in centre on the weekend. Um, so we, we've got this drop-in centre model that we're establishing. Soon we'll open our fifth. This is huge expansion for actually such <laughs> a small team. Um, but we, th what the drop-in centre model does for us is that we can meet the girls out in the red light districts in in, during outreach and then we can tell them about the drop-in centre and so then the next day because they don't necessarily need rescue because they're going back to their families to take mm. the finances so so they might have that roof that over their head and let's be clear it certainly doesn't look like the roofs that we have over our heads here in well I'm in Australia um, but and I know your listeners are all around the world, but, you know, in our Western, uh, my safe, my my shelter that I have there in my home, they still might be able to go back to their family. But when we can invite them into the drop-in centre, what that means the next day is they can wake up and they can come to the drop-in centre and we can provide counselling, trauma support. We can provide healthcare. You know, obviously by nature of the work that they're doing, it's, there is so many risks. There is not only STIs, there's violence, um, there's 
trauma. Um, so we can really help the girls. They can come in and we can help address these things. Our beautiful team can sit with them, um, uh, allow them to rest, allow them to have a shower, allow them to um, speak their heart, um, unpack their situations and really provide that beautiful support. And in addition to that curse, which is so empowering, is that then we can invest into them new skills, new sustainable skills that are going to empower them, that are going to help them build um, a sense of self-worth again, to help them build sustainable skills that will economically empower them and mean that maybe it's not the only option for their family, for them to be sold on the street for sex, but rather maybe the option is that they can come into our um, drop-in centre and learn at regularly and learn um, sewing skills, um, beauty therapy skills, art, um, nail art. You know, when I was there just a few weeks ago, um, they were teaching the girls how to do eyelash extensions, like all these like um, skills that are sustainable that they can then take out into um into the environment and as Myanmar is almost in from from my um, perspective it's in a uh, maybe what you would call a new normal like we, we talk here in Australia about our COVID normal environment right now Myanmar is maybe moving into a very devastating and absolutely heartbreaking but a new normal under under um under the governance of the military, I guess we could say, without going into too, like that's a whole other discussion about the mm -hmm. political situation and I don't think we will have time for that today. Um, but, but giving these girls the skills to then go, I can go out, I can, I can, I can, I've learned sewing. I can make some dresses and maybe sell them at a local market. I can, you know, do the beauty um, therapy and that sort of thing. And it is so powerful, Kirst. When I was there for such a short space of time in the scheme of things, just last month, we, um, I, I literally watched that process of that girl coming into the drop-in centre and then within a matter of days, that girl actually having the ability to, she'd, She'd put her hand, she'd tried to um, make some jewellery and she was really good at it. And so then she turned up to um, where we make the jewellery and we we're able to employ her. So she's generating an income and she's making jewellery, which is a beautiful new skill. She sits side by side by women and girls that have uh, certainly not the same story, but maybe a similar story. And that is therapeutic in itself. And so that's mm. a huge transformation to her, for her for her family that no longer is the only option in their minds to sell this daughter for sex, but rather to use these new skills that um, the Eden team have been able to support and nurture her into. And, you know, Kirst, I'll share with you, it's um, July 30th is World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. And when I was there um, recently, we had... Um, we had this idea, the team had this idea about uh, creating something blue, a blue jewellery item that we could, that Eden around the world could sell um, and then have everyone wearing on the 30th of July because the theme for this day um, is wear blue and it's about standing in solidarity with other advocates, victims and survivors of human trafficking. And so when I was there, the, the girls were dreaming and some of the Eden staff there about how we can not only design this jewelry piece, but they started making the jewelry piece. And then they mm. were thinking about how we were going to package the jewelry piece. And they're like, well, we're learning to sew so we can use these new skills. And we, um, and so we were like, well, let's try and make 300 of them. And so then they've made 300, um, 
blue little pouch bags and 300 blue bracelets, um, all sort of as part of um, either the Eden team or some of the rescued girls, like really inputting into that as well. And just uh, just yesterday, our allocation for Australia arrived to me. And that is just so phenomenal because for all those girls, that is a new skill. That is um, a sense of team. Uh, with that comes, you know, that sense of um, self-worth and I'm going to do something, like I've got a job to do, like how meaningful to wake up in the day and going, I'm going to go to the drop-in centre and be a part of sewing the blue bag, learning how to sew, then using those newfound skills to make these little blue pouches. And now I get the great honour here in Australia of being able to sell them to people um, mm-hmm. to send all those finances back to resource the drop-in centre, and and shout from the rooftops about how valuable these beautiful women and girls are and how much we, um, we must fight and we must speak up and how beautiful it is that by purchasing and wearing this bracelet, we are being such, um, like, what an honour to be such an important part of their of that sort of whole story, that we can wear it and that we can tell people and that we can raise awareness about human trafficking. I just absolutely love it I, I just I like I literally ran out to the DHL man I even have a photo of it well possibly social media at some stage because it's a bit reflective of how crazy I am at times but Mr DHL came to the office and I literally ran out there and said to my colleague take a photo I was like giving him a cuddle because I was so excited to get the box and mm. it's just so empowering for those women and and how great that it then means that we can be a part of really raising awareness and and cursed it's my heart that Sometime soon, we would really soon, we would stop saying things. You know, I, I get to share about the issue of human trafficking in it, with the heart to raise awareness, um, you know, at, at different corporate events or fundraising events, et cetera. And for, for six years now, as long as I've been a part of um, the work that I currently do, I've been saying this stat, which is human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry in our world today. Utterly heartbreaking. But it's my, it's my hope that by doing these things that no we, we're going to tip the bell curve. We're going to raise awareness enough. We're going to mobilise um, the conversation. We're going to um, be a part of consolidating the resource and the data and we're going to fight this horrendous crime. Um, and, again, it brings me back to partnerships such as this one that the Art of Decluttering and Eden have. We're actually having a really, really significant um uh, direct impact into the lives of these girls. Um, and it's it's really, it's yes, it's heartbreaking, but it's really beautiful to see them um, enjoying the work, learning this new skill, and then that they can actually send it off. And they're also so proud and we're so excited and appreciative. It's a beautiful thing. Mm, so cool. <laughs> so, uh, I will soon be um, selling all those bracelets um, in Australia. And wherever you are, actually, depending on where your listeners are, we're selling them in about nine different countries around the world. So um, if you're following us on social media, um, you you must keep an eye out because you will see them coming out soon. Blue bracelet. Yeah. Well, probably by the time this episode drops, yeah. they'll be out. Yeah. They well, may already have been sold out. They're sold out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, we've decided it's something we're going to do sort of every July. So even if, depending on timing, if this year doesn't work for us, then um, keep an eye out in the future. Mm. But yeah. any any jewellery you buy from Eden goes to support the work in Myanmar anyway. Yeah, and, totally. And mm. contributes to this. And so does listening to this podcast 
buying a book, buying a course, having us in your home, any way that you support the art of decluttering also directly go impacts the work that Eden does. Because as Shell said, we um, give a percentage of our profit each month mm. to Eden. And so that's yeah. how we Chris, can I tell you about, um, because it just makes me that, that, that generous donation that you guys make um, every month. Can I tell you and your listeners about um, some of the impacts and what, like, I guess the biggest res- rescue mission that we've ever done and how your partnership yes. Is that all right? Can I go there now? Please, yes. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a pretty long story, but um, I, will, I will keep it, you know, uh, as short as I sort of can. But it became, our founder became aware last year um, of a trafficking ring that was operating um, uh, in Vietnam. It was uh, taking advantage of vulnerable individuals that due to COVID were mass job losses um, largely with factory closures being a huge like garment factory closures um, being having such a significant roll-on effect in terms of garment factory closes thousands if not millions of people out of work in this sort of southeast asia region that we're operating in and so out of work no other options increased desperation vulnerability right so this is this ongoing we see this devastating on-flow effect of COVID around the world, particularly in these already vulnerable nations. Mm. And so in um, in Vietnam, this a really professional-looking uh, job opportunity campaign, if you will, went started on social media, looked all very fine and, um, you know, legitimate and whatever. And so a large number of Vietnamese women and girls were applying for this job and it was a scam. It was a trafficking scam. And hundreds of women and girls were being um, trafficked, tricked and trafficked nor out of northern Vietnam up into China and then across actually multiple different routes but across into northern Myanmar, which is an incredibly, um, it's, a, it's a conflict zone, it's, it's a heartbreaking region. And, and these girls were being exploited in northern, these Vietnamese girls were being exploited horrendously in northern Myanmar, and um, and our founder uh, became aware of this happening. In and of itself, it's an amazing um, it's an amazing story that we should have even um, you know become aware of it, and and so worked um, tirelessly to with uh, our beautiful team on the ground in Myanmar, that are further south in in the nation, to do all that we could to try and get to these girls and bring rescue. And because of um, the nation of Myanmar, because of COVID, because of the coup, it certainly wasn't an option to, you know, drive up there um, or, or go there really ourselves to try and bring about that um, that rescue. So we had to work with sort of all different um, partners that we could um, and and our founder called me one day and she said, I think our only option is we're going to have to fly them down, fly all these girls down. At the moment, we know that we can sort of, we think we can rescue 120 girls. Um, so we're going to have to, and she's like, what do you think we can do? And I was like, we can do this. <laughs> we can. And then she, and, and my background actually before working in travel, um, before working for Eden is travel, but marketing, certainly not, you know, airline contracting to be clear. <laughs> and then, and then she, then she sends me a message or emails. She's like, do you think we can charter an aircraft? And I was like, uh, not really in the, I don't have much knowledge about 
chartering international um, flights in a war zone in the middle of COVID, but let's give it a go. Anyway, we dreamed big, we cried, we uh, we just went, if this was my daughter, would I want someone? It was a risk for us. It was going to be, it was full on, it was new territory, um, but we decided um, that we would do it and we sent out a um, like a communication to all our followers, our Eden followers, and said, we need your help. Um, we're trying to rescue these women. And the donations that flow um, from that were amazing and, and into that is certainly the very generous donation from you guys. And we were able to charter an aircraft. In fact, I walked, I'm, I'm just in the, the suburb, one suburb away from where I am, and I walked in there to my local bank and said, I want to put some money in an international airlines account because we're going to charter a flight and we're going to sign a contract with them. Oh my goodness, like freaking out. Um, and, and we did that with the general support of uh, you guys and many other beautiful partners. And we, on Cup Day last year, um, that aircraft flew um, from further south in Myanmar up into that highly um, dangerous, violent conflict zone and we brought those women, and on that particular flight was 72 women on Cup Day last year, and we brought them back down and we put that we were able to provide safe shelter, everything, everything. They came with the clothes on their back and huge high levels of trauma. Their encounter had been um, so incredibly heartbreaking from being tricked, you know, just mm. their whole trafficking process through there was absolutely horrendous. But we loved on these girls. And then on the 15th of December, um, oh, and, and but before we were able to repatriate them, did all so much creative, um, like trauma-informed care, creative therapies, loads of da dance and art. Um, they actually imparted their beautiful skills into our team there in Myanmar too. You know, they taught some of our team about, you know, nail art and beauty therapy and sewing, any skills that they sort of already had from their backgrounds in Vietnam, um, just how they were also such a blessing to us and, um, and imparting their um you know, those skills that they had with our team was just mm. so beautiful. And then on the 15th of December, we were able to um, work with the Vietnamese embassy and other partners back in Vietnam to repatriate these um, women and girls. You know, their age range was from 14 to about 28. And I think there was about seven of them that as a result of their trafficking experience um, were pregnant when we um, were able to bring them back into our care and put them on that flight from their um, captives back down to where we were. And, you know, that to single, like to in that one rescue, that was 120 Vietnamese women that we were able to then send back home to their families. And that is such a beautiful heartbreaking thing that it needed to happen yes. beautiful thing that we could play a part in bringing freedom and rescue to these girls that we will like here in straight I will I will never meet we will never meet we will never be able to you know but to know that we have brought that freedom been a part of bringing that freedom and to know that our team there our Eden team there on the ground is so passionate we're not a huge team we don't have big infrastructure resource or whatever we have just an insanely committed beautiful passionate team of local men and women and um, our founder and um, a couple of expats that are also in our team there and they are an incredible group of humans who just went about making that happen and you know uh that is that is 
a, something that we'll just um, remember and cherish forever. Um, and so, yeah, you guys were a part of that because you were a donor partner in that whole we need to charter an aircraft. So um, amazing, amazing. Um, just, just before Christmas in the height of COVID again, um, it, yeah, really, really special time. Yeah, just so amazing. And you partnered with other NGOs in, in Vietnam too, so you yeah. didn't just like send them back so that they could then no. be trafficked, re-trafficked back into northern Myanmar. <laughs> no, no. So to be clear, these and, and you know, because I guess to clarify, like sometimes the answer is not to um, if a, a victim is rescued, if the, it's it's not always the right answer to reunite them with the family. Yes. Like, it, you know, it depends. Each trafficking survivor, victim and survivor, has a different and unique story. And so their what freedom or what the next step looks like for them is very unique. So it's not a, it's certainly not a one-size-fits-all model for any trafficking environment. Um, but for this particular, these women it was, it was, they were tricked. So their family wanted them back to, you know, they had brothers, sisters, they had children, they had husbands that, that wanted, you know, that, that was the scenario. It was, yeah. a, so it was absolutely right to help them get back to their home nation. And it was, um, there was a partnership there that also meant that then we connected them in with, we don't have Eden operating on the ground in uh, Vietnam, but we connected them in with a, another organization which is quite similar that could provide that ongoing trauma um, support and um, and really make sure that you know we we journeyed with them um, in the ways required to help them back into um, I guess a place of healing um, yeah and empowerment moving forward so that's that's a really huge thing I guess those are two really big things that have happened in the life of Eden since we chatted last, um, that expansion into offering this drop-in centre model, which is just growing so quickly um, and and also obviously the rescue that I just shared with you. Um, to be clear, yes, that was a big rescue, the biggest that we've ever, you know, single rescue that we've ever done. But our heart at Eden and certainly my heart, um, our, our whole team's heart is that it's you do it for the one. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not it's not um, every single individual we believe deserves freedom and we want to stand up and fight for every single individual. And um, that's our heart. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Eden, we've just recently um, actually changed our... Just we've been around for 19 years. Our amazing founder and her team have been um, doing, uh, you know, working in this um, space is for for that many years. And just recently, we have, um, I guess, given our mission statement um, mm -hmm. a uh, a bit of a revamp, and we've we've moved to be light, bring hope, and share love. And that is our hope for 
all of the individuals um, connected into the trafficking environment. And, and, you know, that is our heart for absolutely the victims, but it's also our heart to, um, to speak to those perpetrators and to be a part of speaking truth and opportunity into their life because we firmly believe if we're going to be a part of breaking, you know, tipping that bell curve that I spoke about earlier or and breaking the trafficking cycle, it's there are so many important components of it. You know, we so firmly believe, and as we've spoken about, that empowerment and sustainable skills, building those things into these women and girls is absolutely part of the complete cycle. Um, we can't rescue care for and send out individuals without giving them other options. The reality is that people need finances, people need food, people need, so we have to be a part of building these things into them and we have to be a part of talking to the perpetrators. Um, whilst it's not our core mission, our core mission is absolutely the women and girls um, that are experiencing trafficking and exploitation, but we still believe that there people need to speak truth um, into the perpetrators and we need to find out, you know, we need to work with them and ideally get them to close their brothels and find different career opportunities. Like um, that mm -hmm. is truth. And is to be honest, as much as that breaks my, my head, like it just, I kind of can't comprehend it. But the reality is that this is a business for some of these people and we need to yeah. tell them this is not, this is not okay you need to choose a different career path and can we point you in a different direction? Um, and that's how we're going to bring change. Um, yeah, and, there's and, a yeah. reason why it's a growing business is yeah. because people see the opportunity to make money and and so that absolutely needs to be part of the bigger conversation around human trafficking yeah. is like why is this a business? Like why why would people pay for the end services but also pay for that pay for humans yeah why would you pay for humans in the first place yeah absolutely. Yeah. one other I don't know you can wrap me up at any point you know I get really I'm very passionate about the work I do so one more story Kirst if I may um but just recently as I said last month I was um with our team on the ground in Myanmar and just to talk about um how desperate the situation is in that nation right now so in terms of um authorities in in really any way because of the coup because of the um civil disobedience movement which i'm not i'm i'm not saying i disagree with to be very clear at all i'm not sharing any political opinions here um but but because there is such devastation corruption um happening in this nation right now when when trauma happens, when um, a situation happens, there's really nowhere for anyone to turn to. Mm. During the coup and during COVID, so many of the INGOs that operate there um, had to get out, um, but Eden stayed and we stayed in through the most troublesome and heartbreaking of times. And um, the situation that I want to share with you now is one that um, around Easter time, um, in Myanmar is the water festival. And um, and during this time, well, first of all, as a result of the coup and uh, the uncertainty, there is such a high level of violence, of um, gang violence, almost like a civil war happening. Um, and so, and this is coming with frustration and anger and desperation and poverty. Like this is driving all this extra mm -hmm. angst. And, um, and this one particular girl that had, 
her and her mum had become aware of the Eden drop-in centre um, before the water festival. And devastatingly, during the water festival, this 14-year-old girl um, was violently gang raped. And her mother had nowhere to take her daughter. So can't take her. We would maybe go to the police station or we should, we would seek, we would certainly go to a hospital or we would go to seek some social welfare. We have access to so many things that nothing, no one. Can't take her to the police station. Can't take her to the hospital because we don't have the money. And there's so much corruption and just everything in the hospitals. As soon as you walk in the door, you start paying money and 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 just know nowhere to turn. So this mother brought her 14-year-old daughter to the Eden drop-in centre, almost almost hyperventilating in trying to um that's not the right word I'm trying to use. You know, like like devastate, like how do I communicate that this is what my 14 year old daughter yeah. has just been through like I can't yeah, she was just that. in overwhelm yeah absolutely desperate for people to yeah and our Eden team there just care. reached out to her the 40 the mum and the 14 year old and you know were able to support bring her in provide all all forms of support in all the many ways that it was required in that situation um because there just isn't the infrastructure there just isn't the systems in place there at all. There is nowhere else for them to turn. And when I was there, this beautiful 14-year-old girl um, had moved into our safe shelter for a while. Now, her mum was visiting her there, but we've moved. she wanted to move in so she could sort of be immersed in the, the trauma-informed care, the creative therapies that happen in the safe shelter regularly. So it, it's, it's a little bit different to the normal... Um, ish situation as to why um, the girl would be living in that safe shelter but so her mum and her brother came this day it was her 15th birthday and I was there with them and all the other girls that are in the shelter baked her a cake and we sang happy birthday and there's so much joy and excitement um, with this girl celebrating this beautiful girl now turning 15 and seeing that she'd now been with the Eden team there for um you know a matter of weeks and had been able to or a couple of months actually and had definitely started on her healing journey and to see the joy and celebration of the team around this beautiful girl and to see her mum there um celebrating there with her brother too and as we sang happy birthday I watched this girl um you know, she she cried and I sort of said with the help of um, one of my beautiful colleagues who just is frontline there all the time, local Burmese girl who is just amazing, and I said, I saw you crying and she said she said that they were both happy tears and sad tears. I know she said first, she said they were both sad tears, but they were also happy tears because I'm here and I'm getting help and these people love me and my mum, you know, and she sort of articulated mm-hmm. all these beautiful things and that just broke my heart but in a heartbreaking and beautiful way because how amazing for that woman that girl and that family um the impact that Eden has been able to have and without them there without that drop-in center without the awareness getting out there that they exist um you know who knows what they would have had and again I said it before but every single individual matters And that one girl, um, the fact that we could be a part of and can be a part of her ongoing healing journey there in Myanmar is just amazing. So, yeah. 
So awesome. I love your heart, Shell, and I love um, Eden, the heart that Eden has to bring hope to a situation that for most of us just feels hopeless and overwhelming. Like, how do we stop <laughs> the biggest growing industry in the world? And what can we do to stop this happening in the world? And I love that Eden can bring hope to individuals but also hope to all of us that there's some really practical ways that we can help we can buy jewelry from eden we can buy masks we can buy you know buy things from you guys to support the work the incredible life transforming work that you're doing on the ground in myanmar and helping people to see that there is light and that there is hope and that there is um, a different way of being in the world yeah. and I just thank you so much thank you thank you thank you for all that you do um, and all that Eden does and all the you know the many many trafficking anti-trafficking NGOs do around the world Absolutely. in this space because we can't you know we can't do everything we can't be everything but we can put a couple of dollars towards um, helping you guys and we can listen continue to listen to this podcast knowing that the money that we make from you listening to this podcast by listening to the ads in this podcast directly affects women and girls in Myanmar and helping them to know that there is hope and there is a different way of being in this world and it doesn't you don't need to continue um, you can find a safe exit plan and a plan that works for you in your individual circumstances. Yeah, um, so, so exciting. And thank you so much for spending this short time with me again. I could listen to your stories for hours. Sorry, I could, and, I could talk for hours. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. And I want to listen, but I also don't want to listen because I wish there was no stories. I wish there yeah, wasn't anything for you to tell me. I wish that you we're working in travel still or doing something else <laughs> because this issue wasn't an issue that you needed to put your hand to. But I do thank you for putting your hand to it and for spending time with us. Thanks, Kirst, so much for having me. I'm not sure when this will go to air, but can On I? the 18th. Oh, 18th well, can July. I ask your listeners um, to, on the 30th of July, is World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. Um, and... It's not something that we talk about a heap in Australia, but it's my heart that we would because we think this issue isn't happening within our borders and devastatingly it is. So on the 30th of July, wear something blue and if you're on social media, post it on there because oh, you're already wearing um, your blue. Um, that jumper on for the 30th. I know. Um, wear I'm something trained. blue. <laughs> 30th July, World Day Against Trafficking in Persons. It's a Saturday and post something on social media, um, just even post world blue, wearing blue in solidarity of advocates, survivors and victims of human trafficking. We need to shout louder here in this nation. We have so much and it's time that we really um, stood up and looked like we are a force to be reckoned with because we are, <laughs> but we need to tell the world about it. So if you're on social media, um, 30 July, or to, even just in your communities, even if you're not, um, let's really start to make a noise and see an end to this horrendous crime. 
Awesome. Well, we got no review for you today because we wanted to give as much airtime to Michelle and Eden as possible. So, but if you are listening and you are also passionate about human trafficking and anti-human trafficking and the and ridding the world of the need to traffic any human being, then please hop on, rate and review us. It helps to get this message to other people um, and more listeners to our podcast, which then obviously has an impact on our ability to um, donate to Eden as well. So rate and review and we will see you again next week. Hopefully Amy will be back. Um, Hopefully COVID doesn't take her out for too long. (laughs) She'll be back again with us um, next week and we'll catch up with Michelle in another couple of months. Thank you. I love that. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Kirst. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.